0: and the full interview archive is also
1: available at youtube.com slash show. All
0: right, you guys. Once again, for the first time in a very long time, I have on the line Trevor Tim. He is the executive director of the Freedom of the Press Foundation, and they have the excellent URL freedom.press. Welcome back to the show. How you doing, Trevor? Thanks for having me back, Scott. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. Good to have you here. And, um, well, what a great site you guys have here. I've been trolling through it this morning. you got lots of great stuff. But, of course, I want to talk with you all about Julian Assange. Who's Julian Assange, and why should anyone listening to this care about that? <laughs>
2: well, I'm guessing most of your listeners know who Julian Assange is. But for those who don't, um, of course, he is the founder um, of the whistleblowing and transparency site WikiLeaks um which started back in 2007 2008 and most famously released uh, hundreds of thousands of uh war logs from Iraq and Afghanistan in 2010 and then State Department cables uh that same year um and for the past few years uh Julian Assange has been uh, locked up in Belmarsh prison, prison in London awaiting extradition to the United States because the Trump administration decided to charge him uh, with 17 counts under the Espionage Act uh, for publishing government secrets. And it will, if uh, people are not paying attention to it now, they will soon be because it is very likely that um, in the next six months or so, Julian Assange may be extradited to the United States, and there will be a huge trial that will not only Uh, decide his fate, uh, but could decide the fate of press freedom in this country.
0: Hmm. All right. Now, we could do a whole show about the heroism of Julian Assange and the importance of the leaks that he has published. But we've done that before. People are just going to have to check the record. But what's important here is what you just said about what it means for everybody else. What is the big deal that makes this case so important compared to the government picking on everybody, which they do all the time?
2: Well, you know, I, I think it's first important to acknowledge that Julian Assange is a controversial figure, very controversial figure in the United States. There are a lot of people that uh, acknowledge and, and uh, you know, say that he's a hero. There are a lot of other people who think he is some sort of villain character uh, for the role that, that WikiLeaks played in the 2016 election um and you know there's also republicans that that hate him too he is a a, a widely reviled person in dc which is part of the reason why the justice department probably thinks that they can get away with this case so you know uh as as a press freedom advocate i have long been worried um about the espionage act the 100-year-old law um passed during world war 1 to go after um dissenters and uh anti-war activists which is still somehow on the books and has never been ruled unconstitutional. Um, I've We've long been worried this could be used against reporters, reporters who go and talk to sources within the U.S. government that get so-called classified information um, and then who publish it on the front pages of our nation's newspapers. Um, the worry has always been the government could use this, this law uh, to put those journalists in jail. Um, so far, they never have. Uh, there's been a, a bunch of close calls, um, but uh, they've never fully done so because they have partly been worried about the backlash, and partly they probably know deep down that it violates the First Amendment. Now, what they have here is this controversial figure who people argue over: is this person a journalist? Is or is 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 he not a journalist? Um, and uh, the Trump administration, who of course hasn't had, had no qualms about um, protecting journalist rights or violating journalist rights, I should say, brought these charges where even the Obama administration wouldn't. And we have a situation now where the Biden administration is continuing uh, this case, which the, the Trump administration first brought. Um, and we could end up with a situation where uh, essential acts like speaking with a source, um, asking the source for more information, receiving documents from a source, and publishing those documents actually becomes outlawed. That's the danger with this precedent that, um, you know, wh- whether you think Julian Assange is, is the best journalist in the world, the worst journalist in the world, or no journalist at all, what he was engaging in uh, were acts of journalism. Um, and uh, if those acts of journalism, uh, uh can be outlawed or ruled illegal um by a jury and a judge then those same acts of journalists journalism when you're at the New York Times and Washington Post can just as easily be be uh outlawed as well and so uh, that is the worry that essentially Are you trying to talk
0: me into it now? Or? I'd like to What'd see you think? I just like would like to see terrible things happen to the guys at the Post and the Times and they're the- <laughs> They're the worst. It's the other people I'm concerned about. But no, I hear you, and I'm just joshing around. Listen, um, uh, there's so many things I want to go over here uh, or ask you about here. So first of all, what in the world does the Espionage Act or the First Amendment have to do with this Australian? Right? How do either of these things apply to this guy? And then also, if I remember it right, and I do, Barack Obama prosecuted more leakers— under the Espionage Act than every president from Woodrow Wilson through W. Bush that came before him. And so there must have been some real important reason, Trevor, that I'm trying to understand why Obama would not go so far as to go ahead and indict this guy who his government obviously hated so much. And then also, I guess, if you could address the fact that Donald Trump supposedly was this wild aberration. I mean, you listen to these people tell it. It was the Russians who installed him in power and everything anyway. So if Obama wouldn't indict him and this wild Tasmanian devil character who never belonged in the presidency at all, Donald Trump was the one who indicted him, then why wouldn't Joe Biden and the Democrats just throw that right back out again?
2: All good questions. Let's take them one at a time. We can start with Obama. Um, you're right, Obama prosecuted more whistleblowers than than all other present presidents combined, at least at the time. Donald Trump gave him a run for his money a few years later, um, but still, it was a, a betrayal of what Obama promised during his, his initial campaign in 2018. Um, yet still, um, all of the whistleblowers um, and sources of journalists that Obama prosecuted uh, were uh, quite distinct from Julian Assange, because they were all government employees. They had all signed secrecy agreements, um, and uh, you know essentially the government has um, a, a much different relationship um, with them than they do the uh, rest of the citizens. They have more power over their own employees. Now, that's not to say that Obama's prosecutions of of, of all these whistleblowers wasn't horribly wrong. It was. um but the law treats them much differently. Um, you know, the, the generally courts have allowed, even though it's appalling, uh, the government to prosecute uh, the sources who are the government employees. But once journalists receive that information, um, even if it's stolen, even if they know it's been stolen, as long as they themselves did not directly participate in the stealing of documents, um journalists have a first amendment right which the supreme court has said over and over again to publish these documents um and so julian assange fits in that part of the equation uh he was of course never a a u.s government employee he talked to u.s government employees and published documents from them uh so he has the same rights as as any other journalist does now you asked about his citizenship in australia and the fact that he was in different countries um you know this is actually an argument that that uh that people who hate us on up all the time. They're like, oh, well, he doesn't deserve First Amendment rights. He's Australian. Well, the good thing about our Constitution is that it doesn't just apply to U.S. citizens. It applies to, um, first of all, anybody who is in the United States and anybody who is outside the United States with which the U.S. government is trying to prosecute. So, um, you know, when people make this argument, they they barely think about it at all because, of course, it, you know, the, the, the idea that the U.S. government could prosecute whoever they wanted outside the United States, bring them to the United States, and that person wouldn't have constitutional rights, um, that they wouldn't, you know, have access to a lawyer, that they, um, you know, could be uh, essentially, you know uh, their all of their uh, belongings could be seized without a warrant. That that they could be tortured. Now, you know, now that I'm saying this, it sounds like the U.S. government has made these arguments in the past, which surely they have. But um, uh, it 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 go. It should go without saying that uh, everybody, no matter who they are, in the U.S. courtroom has the same rights. And so, Julian Assange has those same First Amendment rights. You and I do. To have this conversation right now and uh what the u.s government is trying to do is curtail those rights which would then curtail the rights of everybody else
0: mm-hmm. uh, and in the words of the law he's as long as it's the executive branch of the u.s government reaching out to touch him the doj trying to take custody of him then that makes him a u.s person which means he's just as protected in his rights as me supposedly is that right absolutely okay and then so And now what about the part about where Trump is this aberration? He did not belong there. That was Hillary Clinton's rightful throne or maybe Jeb Bush's. But whatever he did ought to be null and void according to the narrative of the entire American political establishment. So how come not in this case? When again, even Obama wouldn't go this far and he loved going that far. Yeah, I mean, in the Obama,
2: you know, as you alluded to before, the Obama administration, naturally, they hated Julian Assange, right? Like the biggest releases um, in the history of WikiLeaks happened during the Obama administration. They were a giant headache for the Obama administration. And you would think if anybody would want to prosecute WikiLeaks, it would be them. Well, well, we know their Justice Department looked at it closely. This is all reported on in The Washington Post. Their Justice Department looked at it closely and they were lawyers within and even the attorney up until the attorney general said, we can't prosecute WikiLeaks without violating the First Amendment. We can't prosecute WikiLeaks without making The New York Times or any other newspaper in the United States vulnerable to prosecution, too. Um, And so they ultimately declined. Trump dusted off that indictment or or that that research and decided to flip it on its head and uh, indicted Julian Assange more almost ten years uh, after the releases in twenty ten and twenty eleven, uh, for that same uh, for those for the same thing, the Obama administration declined. Um, and you would think that if the Biden administration was um, actually serious about its commitment to press freedom, which it stated multiple times, uh, that they would take a look at this case and they would they would drop it. Now you know the Biden administration hides behind well, we don't interfere in Justice Department policy. And the Justice Department hides behind, you know, the fact that, well, we brought this case before, so, you know, we're not just going to drop every single case that the other administration uh, brought and that we still believe in press freedom, um, which, you know, is hard to take them at face value because we know there are justice there are even justice department lawyers in the justice department during the Trump administration who thought this was going to violate the first amendment. We you know that played out in the media as well. Um and so they are playing with fire here. Um you know, thankfully the Biden administration besides this glaring omission has been relatively good on press freedom. You know, we haven't seen them really bring leak cases uh, like the previous two administrations they've changed their guidelines to make it harder for the FBI to spy on journalists. But it, you know, it doesn't even matter. Like say you trust Biden a hundred percent, you've never uh, loved the president more than Joe Biden. You know, he would never do that to, to journalists. Well, we, we know that the parties in the white house switch spots at least every eight years, probably every four years. And Donald Trump, for example, who, you know, has made a career of saying journalists are the enemies of the people and that he wants them in jail. Well, you're just handing him uh the keys, um, the 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 perfect way uh to throw all the reporters that he doesn't like in jail, um, and then vice versa for the Democrats. So, you know, this is a monumental mistake that could have ramifications for years and decades to come if it actually goes through.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you would think that the conservatives would have learned the lesson when they got Homeland Security and the FBI going after them for their politics that whose Homeland Security and FBI departments and agencies are these. Right.
2: I mean, um, I, it's it's a great point. Like, why would Republicans want um, to give Democrats or Democratic Justice Department that power to go after, um, you know, conservative uh, or libertarian journalists, you know, like. We saw, for example, the um, during the Obama administration, they in in one um, in one indictment, they called uh, a Fox News reporter an unindicted co-conspirator under the Espionage Act, which is just one small step away from, you know, actually charging somebody from Fox right. News. And, and so,
0: that was total you know, BS, right? Like it was just straight. He did a good news story about yeah, developments yeah, exactly. in Korea. He was being
2: a reporter. He was being right. a reporter talking yep. to a source, um, you know, and so it's it's you know it's certainly i think that people who are um afraid of a second donald trump administration should be incredibly worried about this but i think people from all political parties should be um very worried about this because the the first amendment is there as a safety valve um a, a a last resort uh piece of accountability when the rest of the government breaks down um We can still have uh, private citizens who can expose these secrets. And uh, if that is is destroyed, um, then, you know, whether you are on the right or on the left or anywhere in between, um, our our way of of communicating and holding our
1: government accountable is also destroyed. Mm -hmm. Hang on just one second. Hey, y'all. The audiobook of my book Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism is finally done. Yes, of course, read by me. It's available at Audible, Amazon, Apple Books, and soon on Google Play and whatever other options there are out there. It's my history of America's war on terrorism from 1979 through today. Give it a listen and see if you agree. It's time to just come home. Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism, the audiobook. Hey, guys, I've had a lot of great webmasters over the years, but the team at ExpandDesigns.com have by far been the most competent and reliable. Harley Abbott and his team have made great sites for the show and the Institute, and they keep them running well, suggesting and making improvements all along. Make a deal with ExpandDesigns.com for your new business or news site. They will take care of you. Use the promo code Scott and save $500. That's ExpandDesigns.com. Before, I
0: guess you know, it was they've had them, you know, a few of them here and there. There's Ellsberg, of course, and and a couple others. But before the modern era of, you know, the terror wars, W. Bush and Obama, especially, how do they handle leakers? Because it seems like espionage. I mean, that means spying on behalf of an enemy. There must be other laws that they can use against these people when they leak to reporters in violation of their secrecy agreement. Is there? some kind of substantive reason i should understand why they're using the espionage act never mind against assange here but even let's say against drake or any of these other guys who were government employees and leaked to the media thomas tam or now, one of those guys a,
2: it, it, it's a great question um you know i think partly they're using the espionage act because it's this incredibly broad law and it really ties the the defendants hands behind their back like you know, we talk about fair trials in the United States, I mean, it just makes the trial totally unfair. So for example, say you were a whistleblower who saw the government uh, engaged in blatantly illegal conduct, and you go to a journalist and, and you um, give them the information and they publish it, the government can prosecute you and they could say, you are not allowed to tell the jury your motive uh, for leaking this information, so you couldn't tell the jury that, oh, I saw the government doing something illegal, and I wanted to—I was being a patriot, and uh, I wanted to—to to make sure that they were held accountable. That would be ruled inadmissible. Um, the only thing that matters is if you leaked it to them. It doesn't matter why. Um, and so this, you know, basically destroys the defense of all of these whistleblowers because you know they would like to admit that they actually did this, um, but they would like to tell the jury why, um, and. You know, we have a situation um, where, you know, the government doesn't actually need to prosecute these these leakers and these whistleblowers to, you know, uphold secrecy. I mean, just think about uh, how they've done it in the past. You're right before Ellsberg and even decades after Ellsberg, there was no prosecutions under the Espionage Act um, because they can easily punish people by firing them, by ruining their careers. Um, uh, even you know getting investigated ends up costing um uh, these government employees well, but so are there equal costs are there you know, other laws
0: all are there other laws though lesser than the espionage act that they were previously prosecuted under?
2: not really. there there was there's never been a um uh, there's very specific laws. so if we're talking about communications intelligence or we're talking about nuclear secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very specific laws around, uh, that kind of information, but basically they like using the Espionage Act because it's this catch-all, um, that allows them to essentially do whatever they want. Um, there are, there are a couple statutes that like theft of government information and things like that, um, that they could potentially use and have, you know, occasionally used, um, in the past along with the Espionage Act. But you know, thankfully in this country, we've never had an official Secrets Act. Um, you know, the classification system is just done by executive order. That's why it doesn't apply to uh, United States citizens. It only applies to U.S. government employees. The executive branch can only really totally rule over uh, its own employees uh, without getting Congress involved. And so, um, you know, the the government has plenty of of tools at its disposal to keep its secrets. Um, it shouldn't have to, you know, declare its its employees spies uh, to do so.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, so I know you're a lawyer and good at this stuff, and there's a couple superseding indictments, or one indictment and a superseding one. And somebody listening to this is going to say, "But listen, the New York Times test does not apply here because Assange went further than an investigative journalist does. He helped." Manning, hack DOD computers and get those files. And so that makes him a stealer and a leaker, not just a leaky and a publisher. And so everything you just said is null and void. What about that?
2: Well, it's a great question because this is what this is kind of the magic trick or the sleight of hand that DOJ has tried to do in their press release. They say, oh, Julian Assange is a hacker, not a journalist so when you look at the indictment closely there are 18 charges in the indictment 17 of them are espionage act related and one of them is is this sort of conspiracy to hack or conspiracy to commit computer intrusions charge Um, so all of the actions uh, that are that are involved in this the 17 espionage act charges have nothing to do with hacking So all of the documents that Julian Assange got from Chelsea Manning, uh, the US government doesn't even allege that that he uh, hacked at all. Um, Those were all documents that Chelsea got herself that she gave uh, Julian under her own free will. um, And they had conversations about them. Um, Only after the fact, uh, there was this one incident, like after Julian had already gotten all the documents where they had discussed trying to help Chelsea mask her identity um, uh, by gaining access to the doc, the, the same type of documents um, in a different realm. There's also like a whole. They try to throw a whole bunch of stuff against the wall involving other incidents that have nothing to do with this case um, uh, involving an FBI informant. Um, but that's either here nor there. Like the, I think the hacking charge is weird and it's weak. Um, it wouldn't necessarily imperil journalism. Um, But these 17 other charges have zero to do with any sort of hacking allegations at all. Um, And the U.S. government is essentially trying to take that one um, uh, conspiracy to hack charge and mask uh, all these other charges with it.
0: Mm -hmm. And then if I understand it right, even from the information in the indictment, it's clear or maybe not just from the indictment itself, but from journalism and the rest of information out there about this. That, in fact, whatever, testimony, I guess, that he didn't hack anything at all, right? He tried to give Manning, uh, tried to, I forgot exactly what it was. Maybe you remember the details better. But it was nothing like, you know, let me crack that password for you so you can steal more data from me or anything like that would have been sort of the accusation. But the facts really are nothing like that, Right.
2: They had they they had a single conversation about this, which again happened after uh, Chelsea Manning had already given WikiLeaks uh, everything, and they had already had all their conversations, and nothing actually came of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all none of those documents that the WikiLeaks published uh, were were taken by hacking involving WikiLeaks at all, even the U S government. And then Trevor,
0: like. in that conversation, is that what they were talking about? How to get more data? Or I thought it was more about, it was, you you know, Manning's it was kind of tracks. to or...
2: It was very vague. You know, it, it, basically it seemed like Chelsea wanted to hide her tracks because she didn't want people to catch her. Uh-huh. Um, and so she was trying to figure out, Oh, can I log in through another name and hide my, hide my identity? And uh, you know, they alleged that Julian, or somebody at WikiLeaks Uh uh, offered to help with this, but then, you know, nothing ever came of
0: it. I mean, so that's huge right there, right? That all this was was a theoretical discussion of some OPSEC that they never did, and the government doesn't even know who was on the WikiLeaks side of the chat. Right. Great indictment, guys. Yeah. Exactly.
2: And the rest of whatever, whatever they're saying about the Espionage Act and the Espionage Act charges has nothing doesn't even have to do with that conversation. It only has to do with Julian Assange speaking with her on an encrypted messaging service and mm-hmm. asking her questions and receiving the documents, which yeah. of course that's conduct that journalists engage in every single day.
0: Yeah. All right. Now, Trevor, so look bad. um you know this show is mostly about bad things the US government does elsewhere in the world, of course. But one thing that America has been very good on just because they have to because Madison made it this way is freedom of speech. And even though they're very cynical in the way that they, you know, criticize other countries for violating their citizens' rights, they got a leg to stand on here, usually, mostly. And I read in this piece that you have up at your site here, I'm sorry, let me say the guy's name. Um, Seth Stern wrote this piece here. And he mentions how One, we can't really say anything or everybody just laughs when America criticizes the Russians for kidnapping this Wall Street Journal reporter, which I don't know the facts of the case, but they're not going to use a Wall Street Journal reporter as a knock. You know, that's, you know, a a non-official cover spy over there. They're not going to do that. That just sounds wrong. But the Americans can't really say much about it. And then I think he says in here that the Chinese are even citing america's prosecution of assange to say see it's okay if we do it too even the americans do it
2: yeah it is just totally hypocritical when we're going around and you know i as much as i'm i criticize the u.s government all the time they can do a lot of uh good work abroad promoting free expression but when they turn into you know the biggest hypocrites in the world where they're prosecuting somebody for publishing documents under espionage but then they're Saying, oh, you know, the reporter in in Russia who's charged with Espionage Act was just doing their job as a reporter, you know, it rings really empty, which, by the way, is all true. The, the Wall Street Journal reporter who is being held in Russia right now in jail um, for espionage charges, there is absolutely zero evidence that he was doing nothing other than doing his job. Um, and it's outrageous that Russia is is holding him. Um, But it's just as outrageous that the the US is trying to pull this off here. And it makes their efforts to try to free this reporter um, just ring completely hollow and makes them look like hypocrites. And so, you know, the best thing they could do for this Wall Street Journal reporter who's in jail in Russia or any other journalists who China might want to throw in jail is to drop these charges against Julian Assange and say, look, hey, we're at least living, trying to live by our values here. We're not being complete hypocrites.
0: Yeah. All right. And one last thing here real quick, which is sort of the lead that we buried to the very end here, which is Australian politicians are finally getting the gumption to try to say and do something about this. Do you think there's a real chance that Julian well, will it, be set it's, free? It,
2: you know, it's really fascinating because, you know, uh, here in the United States, we often it's hard for us to, to gauge Australian news. But when you talk to people in Australia, this is front page news all the time. Um, and you'll notice when you look at the, the the political parties of the politicians that have come over here this week, it's every major political party in Australia. So it's not just like the Green Party or the, um, uh, the far right party. Um, it is uh, the Labour Party, uh, the mainstream Conservative Party um, across the political spectrum. It's because Australians are basically united. I saw one poll that was like 88% of Australians believe that uh Julian Assange uh needs to come back to Australia and they, the US needs to drop the charges. So these politicians have been hearing from their constituents and um are are over here because they're responding to them. You know, next month the Australian prime minister is coming over here for a state visit. And so that should be really interesting. Um, and it really it really seems like the Australian government is starting to put more and more pressure on the US government to to bring an end to this case, given it it involves, uh, you know, one of their citizens.
0: Yeah. All right, man, you're great. Thanks so much for your time on the show again, Trevor. It's great to talk to you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. Talk to you soon.
0: All right, you guys, that's Trevor Tim. He is the executive director of the Freedom of the Press Foundation. Their website is freedom.press. And check out this great piece by Seth Stern over there, Prosecuting Assange Threatens Press Freedom. U.S. officials should not need the Australians to explain that to them. The Scott Horton Show, Anti-War Radio, can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, Antiwar.com, ScottHorton.org, and LibertarianInstitute.org.